When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for Football Asia with Paul Williams. Yes, let's round out the show with Football Asia in the company of Paul Williams from the Asian Game Podcast. Evening, Paolo. How are you, Paul? Simon, Alex, how are you guys? Great stuff. Uh, so the long-awaited AFC Champions League final is underway. It only took about 22 months. Uh, the first leg between Al-Halal and Ottawa Red Diamonds uh, and it ended all square. So do you make the Japanese club the favourites now to lift the crown in the second leg this coming weekend? It's certainly in their advantage, you'd have to say. I think any time you go away initially in the, the first leg and you come back with something in your pocket as they have, they've got the draw, they've got the away goal, it's certainly in their advantage. And they did what they needed to do. It certainly wasn't a classic match by any stretch of the imagination. But from, from Arawa's point of view, I didn't, they didn't need it to be a classic match. It was, they went over there. I think they only had about 30% of possession. It was always going to be the case that, you know, Halal were going to dominate possession at home and, and try and make the running in the game. And they did that. They got the early goal, but slowly but surely, Arawa started to get a little bit more of a foothold in the game, got a little bit lucky with, with the goal, with a, a massive deflection that, uh, that's wrong-footed the, the goalkeeper. But, you know, you, you make your own luck. And in the 90 seconds before that, Al-Halal pressed them um, incredibly well, but Urawa were able to play their way out of it and create the space to um, to take most of that opportunity. So it's certainly um, all uh, all to play for, but it, it's certainly their advantage, especially when you consider um, the the injury concerns and the um, the absentees for Al-Halal in the second leg. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Uh, Al-Halal are carrying two or even three uh, injuries to, to major players, correct? They are, yeah. So obviously we know Yasser Al-Sharani got that horrific injury at uh-huh. the World Cup last year. He returned for Al-Halal in the last couple of weeks in the league, but um, they've decided to leave him out of the squad for the Champions League. Salam al picked up a, a late red card for a, a pretty stupid act of petulance as well. So he will miss the second leg. And now the captain, Salman Al-Faraj, picked up a calf injury. Um, and that's expected to pretty much rule him out for the uh, the rest of the season. So obviously he'll miss the second leg as well. So there's a lot of selection headaches for Roman Diaz coming into the second leg with so many players out. And the three plus one makes it awkward for them as well because... The, the the natural replacement for someone like Salam is Andre Carrillo, the, the Peruvian winger. But if you bring him in, you've got to drop one of your other foreign players to, to bring him in. So I think there'll be some square pegs going into round holes to, to try and make it all work. So some selection headaches. So I, I think it's um, all to play for for Aroa. Now, thankfully, we're not going to have to wait quite so long for the next edition of uh, the Asian Champions League, which starts in September. That, of course, after a bit of a calendar rejig. Are you a fan of... Uh, uh, the way it's going to play out, September through till May or June, I think, isn't it? It is, yeah. I don't particularly have a firm position either way, whether it was, you know, the the September to, to May or the, the calendar year. Um, I think there's pros and cons each way. For the A-League, it's certainly good because it now aligns 
with our calendar, what that does for any talk of a uh, of a potential switch to winter for the A League, because you know alignment with the Champions League was always one of the selling points of that, and now that has gone away. I think what's interesting is what we're going to see with the other leagues. We know it lines up with the leagues in West Asia, but we're already starting to see leagues in East Asia try and line up with the calendar as well. Thailand has done it. I know a couple of other nations in Southeast Asia are going down that path as well. But the big one is Japan. They've spoken about it a lot over the years, switching their calendar as well. And it's always been incredibly difficult because of the extreme weather in, in winter, particularly in the northern parts of Japan. But the, the J-League's really pushing this of late that almost makes it seem like it's a fait accompli that it will happen around 2026, 2027 there talking about talking about sort of late July and ending in sort of uh, May as well. So that'll be really interesting to, interesting to see because it's received a lot of pushback um, from fans and clubs, particularly those north of Tokyo, um, where they're uh, yeah, particularly hard winters. And Melbourne City will be the Australian representative in the uh, in the next ACL. I mean, in an, in a zone that contains clubs like Ulsan, John Book and Kevin Muscat's Yokohama F Marinos. How far, I mean, if they keep the majority of the squad that they've got now with as successful as they've been, how far can they go, do you think? Well, it'd be, it'd be interesting because the, the, the nucleus of the squad has stayed together. They haven't got any weaker over the last couple of years as well. And they did pretty well in the, the Champions League uh, last time out, only just narrowly missed progression to the, the, the final round. So I think the good thing for them is that the next Champions League there's going to be no more bubbles. It returns to that home and away format. So they're going to get those matches at home. They're going to need to make most of that home advantage. If you can pick up, you know, three wins from your three home games, you're well on the way to, to making it out of the group. But as is often the case, it all really depends on the draw and what kind of draw they get. If they get a softer draw, so to speak, then it really sets themselves up. If they get a difficult draw against some of the, the powerhouse clubs, then they may find it difficult as well. So it's really going to all come down to the draw, but we know they're certainly good enough to be able to do it and be able to get out of this group. Now, it was confirmed, of course, of the weekend that the Central Coast Mariners, by uh, virtue of finishing second in the A-League this year, regular season, that is, along with MacArthur, are going to be taking part in the AFC Cup. Now, this is Australia's first crack at this tournament. Uh, there could be some interesting trips for our clubs uh, put put your travel hat on for us, Paolo. If you are going to be sent on assignment to anywhere uh, of all these clubs that are going to take part in the AFC Cup, and of course we don't know the identity of all of them yet, but uh, where would be on your bucket list? Well, I think when you look at the the clubs that are, have qualified or potentially have qualified for the next AFC Cup, I dare say Bali is absolutely <laughs> top of the list for yeah. every away fan. Um, there's a, a playoff <laughs> between Bali United and PSM Makassar to decide who will get that spot. So Bali could be in Bali, the mix. Bali. Um, <laughs> take for, some, some pre-game, so, pre-game and commentary on that one. Yeah. We'll get a trip as well. <laughs> Me and you, Broski. I dare say... Uh, Every uh, MacArthur and Mariners fan will be hoping to draw Bali. Um, but there's going to be uh, clubs like Lion City Sailors have qualified for the, the tournament as well. So that could be really interesting. We've spoken about them. But there's going to be some pretty exotic away trips because there's clubs like Shan United in Myanmar, Phnom Penh Crown in Cambodia, Young Elephants in Laos as well. So we're going to get quite the education. And, um, yeah, we probably should do a travel show or something around it as well, because it's going to be um, um, uncharted territory for A-League clubs going into the, uh, a lot of these nations. Brilliant. I, I know they're in zones to start off with, but I'd, I just look at places like Turkmenistan and think, 
Wow, that'd be an interesting trip, wouldn't it? <laughs> hey? Or Pyongyang. I'd love to go to North Korea. Maybe that's just me. Uh, Broski's shaking his head. Um, to domestic football, Paolo. Uh, there's a big Shanghai derby in the Chinese Super League, which ended all square. Am I right in thinking that Shanghai Port are one of the few CSL clubs that appear to have managed to hang on to most of their big stars? Yeah, they certainly have. They look like one of the clubs that have come through relatively unscathed from um, what we've seen go on in, in China over the last couple of years. Of course, they've still got Oscar Wulei has returned to the club um, and is in you know fine goal-scoring form. I think he has three in the first four weeks, scored again on the, the weekend in that, that derby, as you said, against Shanghai Shenhua. And you know both Shanghai clubs are undefeated to start the season after the first four games. They had the, uh, the draw on the weekend, which was um, uh, their the first kind of drop points for each of them this season. But they remain undefeated, which is great for, for Shanghai football. And there was a huge contingent of Shenhua fans. They limited the attendance because of security concerns. Um, so I think there's only about twelve or, or 13,000 there as well. But we've seen some massive crowds return to, to Chinese football. It's great to see there's a little bit of life um, back in Chinese football. And at the other end of the table, Beijing Guan, um, big club that we all know, um, winless after first four games as well. So a bit of pressure on them and their coach too. We mentioned the uh, the struggles of Suwon Blue Wings over in Korea the other week, um, and now they've been joined in the bottom three by another powerhouse in Jonbuk Motors. Uh, what what's going on there? Yeah, things really aren't healthy at Jonbuk at the moment. We spoke about it a couple of weeks ago with the the fan protest that they blocked the the bus after the end of the game for a couple of hours and demanded an apology from the coach, which they eventually got. But their fortunes haven't turned around since then they lost one nil to Gangwon on the weekend as well and they're a club in the, the relegation zone too they've only won three of their first 10 this season and are already 15 points off top spot which is completely uncharted territory for a side that's won i think it's seven of the last eight k-league titles as well there was some pretty farcical scenes at the end of the game as well with a couple of players um demonstrably abusing the referee for which they've picked up suspension as well um, there were accusations that the club tried to um, um, cut off the supporters at the knees, so to speak, and put pro John Book banners in the crowd, knowing that there were going to be protest banners. So the relationship between fan and club is really soured as well. And um, it's a really interesting situation at, uh, at one of Korea's biggest clubs that the situation has been able to get to uh, to this stage, but it doesn't look like resolving itself anytime soon. Well, that'd be amazing if both clubs were to end up in uh, K2 next season. Uh, final one, Paolo, a uh, familiar name to A-League fans in Australia. Osama Malik has won a trophy over the last week, uh, helped create a bit of history for Odisha, their first ever major piece of silverware, winning the Super Cup by defeating Bengaluru in the final. They did, yeah. It's a competition, this one, that combines the ISL and the I-League clubs. So it's a, I guess it's a little bit like the, the Australia Cup here as well. Not surprisingly, it's dominated by the Indian Super League clubs. The four teams that made it to the knockout rounds were all Indian Super League clubs, which is perhaps not a surprise. Some clubs take it more seriously than others. We know Mumbai dominated the league this season. They um, allowed all their foreigners to leave and just played purely domestic squad. They didn't make it through to the knockout rounds. There was some criticism of them for that. But yeah, Odisha made it through and congratulations to them and Osama Malik. They backed that up by then winning a playoff game to win through to the AFC Cup as well. So potentially in the knockout rounds of the AFC Cup, potentially a matchup with um, a couple of Australian teams if they get that far as well. Brilliant. 
Thanks, Paolo. Speak to you next week, mate. See you, mate. Cheers, guys. Thank you.